Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Boiling Pointers. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Before we start, Dave and I want to let you know all about our Boiling Point Process online courses, live events, and masterminds. After interviewing hundreds of leaders, we've packaged a ton of knowledge together to serve up to you. Info that will help you and your company be heard in a very noisy marketplace. So visit www.boilingpointprocess.com and sign up for the email newsletter and we'll let you know when our next cohort or event is. Thanks also for supporting The Boiling Point by subscribing to us on iTunes and also leaving a rating for us. So listen, Greg, I'm starting, uh, and it's, tw- it's 2019, man. It's great. Happy New Year, Dave. Yeah. It's, I mean, I know we've, we've had a few episodes out already, but, it, but if truth be told, yeah. it is really for us the first uh, time we've interviewed in 2019. It really is. And it, it's, uh, it's fast. How, you know, is it crazy how, how fast this time is going? Uh, how many years have you been doing this? Whew, I don't know. All of them. I'm coming on four years, I believe. Four years. And what's exciting about this year is um, we're launching an online course, and people will hear about that in a bit. And we had an amazing live event where we we kind of launched it and uh, to a live audience and to our great surprise, or to my great surprise, uh, it was very well received. And um, and it's all because it's all driven by the interviews we're having, like the one we're going to have today. We get to learn these amazing things from people like scattered all around the world as far as New Mexico. New Mexico. Not old Mexico, no. Dave. New Mexico. Exactly. So Dave, who do we have today? I'm excited because in the bio... We're talking about uh, creativity and the creative economy and how that connects into entrepreneurship. And as you know, I live and breathe that stuff. Uh, but what, what, what can you tell, tell us about our guest? Well, we're gonna, let's invite Allison and let her tell us about who she is and this very cool book that she's, I believe, co-authored. Is that right, Alice? Hi, yeah. How are you guys? Very co-authored well. co-authored the book. I wrote the book, yeah, with Tom Augustin. So tell us a little bit about creative, the creative economy and like, you know, what exactly, what is the creative economy for people that don't understand? Like Greg's, Greg's well-versed, but let's just assume that some of our listeners are confused by that, the whole idea of, you know, a creative economy. So maybe you can fill us in. Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, we go all over the world and we talk about the creative economy, but our favorite people to talk with are people who love entrepreneurs. So I appreciate being on the show. Uh, The creative economy, the first thing that people should know is that it's big, really big and growing. It has hit about $3 in annual revenues globally. Wow. And it's growing at about 8% every year. The creative economy includes things like publishing and broadcasting, including podcasting and entertainment, tourism, uh, cuisine, Not McDonald's necessarily, but some of the new inventive cuisine that you can go. Um, Brewing, so some of the home brews and small batch breweries. Anything that derives from inventive, creative activity. We used to talk about it as the arts, 
arts and culture. But now that the world is swimming in broadband and we can collaborate on things like writing music and distributing music digitally, you have companies like Spotify, which is in the creative industries, and you have small touring bands, which are in the creative industries. So the creative economy is shifting. It's kind of a place in flux. It's growing a lot. It's digital. It's innovative. And it's an area where entrepreneurship has exploded in the past two decades. So so before we jump into that, because I know we're going to want to learn a little bit about the, the space for entrepreneurs, but what was your interest in, in the creative economy? Like, what, what is it that caused you to dive in and, and, you know, publish a book? And obviously, it sounds like you're speaking and you're, you've got um, a business, you know, in support of it. Like, what, what, was your, what was your interest in it, Alice? Well, Tom and I came together over a decade ago with a shared goal of addressing poverty in New Mexico, and not through charitable programs, not through handouts, but through helping people apply their entrepreneurial spirit and what we came to understand as intellectual property to create jobs, create companies, build the potential uh, to really tackle poverty through markets. And here in New Mexico, what we found was that we have amazing culture. People who have been in New Mexico were known for our both world-class opera and Native American jewelry. Uh, We've had Native tribes living here for thousands of years. We have old Mexico, and then we became New Mexico. So we've got the oldest house in the United States right here in New Mexico, And we have some of the most progressive technological development going on with the federal labs here. And none of that was being applied to entrepreneurial ventures. So instead of taking intellectual property and inventing new things, we were sort of doing the same old, same old thing. So we said, well, let's get into the creative economy. Our state, our people here are really well suited. And we started looking around the world at what was going on. And again, this was this was about 2005, 2006. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And what we found was that economies that embrace the creative economy attract young people. They attract technologists and inventors. They're places where we all want to live. The next year, Richard Florida came out with a book about the creative class. That and that book. book has really... Yeah, it, it is. It, it You know, it has some problems with it. I think it mm-hmm. uh, missed some of the boat on diversity and uh, how creativity can pull in people from all corners of the planet to be a part of the e- economy. But it's a great book. And it outlined what we were seeing, which was places that are diverse and highly creative are attractive places to live. There are cities we want to live in. Uh, there are rural communities that offer more amenities, whether you like going outdoors and then going to a brew pub uh, during the evening, those places that have that creative economy are exciting places to live. And because we now compete as places for talent, the creative economy is something that cities, regions can use to attract talent. So we couldn't figure out why not to be focusing on the creative economy. So we moved, uh, we sort of threw ourselves into it and started what we called then an organization called the Global Center for Cultural Entrepreneurship. 
So now you know I'm not a branding person. <laughs> but it sounds really serious, which is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it almost sounds like a disease. So I'm not sure it's a good thing. But <laughs> oh man! Well, you know what's really? Uh, I'm, I'm really excited hearing you speak about this, Alice, because you're you are speaking very uh, closely to the hearts of Dave and I. Um, myself, uh, I've I've got a film production company. And uh, recently we did a film called The Millennial Dream uh, that was exploring that very topic. We come from a, a region of Canada called Atlantic Canada that is probably some, somewhat relatable to New Mexico in the fact that it's not Los Angeles. It's not New York. You know, Atlantic Canada is not Toronto. We're not Vancouver. So we, we lose a lot of young people. But there is this really incredible... Uh, uh, resilient, gritty, artistic entrepreneur community that is making it work. And uh, the really interesting result is it's starting to take traction and people are deciding to stay here and move back. And it's completely in line with what you're talking about. And perhaps in the show notes, we'll put a link so people can see the millennial dream. We had Seth Godin uh, in the film. Uh, he was kind of our lead, our lead character uh, going through it, which is really cool. Uh, but uh, you're so right. It's the people are moving, deciding to move to places that are that have a soul, you know. And I think for too yeah. long, you, I loved how you said it used to be called arts and culture. That almost got a bad name. You know, how words get a bad name. You know, it's like oh, it's just yeah. arts and culture. It's grants that you know I, I've I've dealt with that all my life. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about grants. We're talking about building economic prosperity, a shared prosperity for all through creative endeavors, which entrepreneurship is all about. So yeah, uh, just acknowledgement that you're doing some really interesting research that's totally in line. Uh, and later on in this call, uh, I think Dave can explain some of the poverty reduction things that we're involved with as well, uh, you know, with the same spirit. So w with that, what, how is it resonating with you as, uh, as you guys are pushing the book and, uh, you know, speaking, uh, speaking to communities? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing the outpouring of interest that we've received globally. Uh, yesterday, I got an email from the Philippines saying, I just found your book. Would you come and speak? Um, I was talking to a woman in Egypt last week, uh, just got off the phone with Cleveland. It, everyone around the world, I think, is trying to figure out how do we keep our communities unique? We don't want to live in strip mall lands. How do we keep what's uh, special to this place alive and how do we create jobs around that and um, there's obviously a ton of interest and money flowing into the tech ecosystem but in addition to the problems that tech has created for itself around diversity and women and you know just sort of the exclusion of a lot of people uh, there are a lot of opportunities that aren't addressed by tech Right. So tech companies don't necessarily think first and foremost about how do we keep this place special and someplace we want to live, some, some place where the human experience is totally alive. Um, whereas when you start to bring in the creatives and you mix that with tech, then you start to have a lot of really exciting opportunities. So places around the world are already tackling this. When you look at, for example, what's the second largest film economy in the world? Uh, well, I was thinking Bollywood. I was thinking Bollywood in India. You'd be close, but it's now Nigeria. Nigeria. Nigeria wow. has yes, one of the not only biggest in terms of numbers, but liveliest film and now music scene and fashion is coming on strong in Nigeria. 
So mm. these are industries that people can compete in, right? Film, music, fashion. These are not extremely expensive industries. It's not like biotech, right? You don't re- need to raise $50 million. And you don't need a network of institutions, higher education institutions, doing deep research. You need creative people who are tied to that place and have a sense of expression. And then when we come in, we bring that sense of business and entrepreneurship and actual knowledge and skills. And you start to have an economy that can cook on its own. So it's it's part of the reason the book resonates with a lot of people is they say, hey, we've been kind of doing this. We didn't know that it fell into this emerging thing called the creative economy. And now I get it. Now you've given us a framework for how to keep building this. And I, I, th- I think in the same spirit when we're talking about film, um, you know, uh, me being in the film industry, I've always admired what New Mexico has done. And that is truly coming from a, a state level, uh, a decision on the political level to say we want to fund through tax credits and other initiatives an industry that's creative. And of course, New Mexico is the place where people go. You know, producers can, it's very favorable to to leave Hollywood and shoot in New Mexico these days. And um, so with that as a bridge, you know, talking about what is the role of our elected officials to support something like this, it's typically we like to say that we're resilient and grassroots and bottom up, but really magic can happen building a creative economy when it's both ways. Would you Would you agree with that? I, yeah, totally. I, you know, I tend to fall more on the side that government should get out of the way of entrepreneurs. But I think that does mean that policies need to evolve and change to reflect the current economic environment. Uh, so, for example, co-working and having residential spaces really close to co-working in downtown spaces is important. So policymakers can do simple things, look at zoning. And say, okay, if 25-year-olds want to live above bars and coffee shops, what do we need to do to make our downtown really lively uh, and and in, invite downtown uh, residential spaces? Uh, likewise, uh, like you mentioned, policies that attract certain industries, whether it's filmmaking or publishing uh, there or fashion, whatever strength that region has, uh, it's important that policymakers don't go chasing smokestacks as economic development strategies and don't get overly hung up on one particular industry. So just looking at call centers or just looking at tech startups, but instead say, okay, we actually have a real rich sort of history in filmmaking in New Mexico, for example. How can we help post-production specialists get started? Can we help launch a small sound studio that would be used by small emerging filmmakers, et cetera. So looking at seeding things and then handing those over to the private sector can help a lot too. Alice, who's doing a, like an excellent job of that, maybe outside of New Mexico, you know, where you're seeing a, a thriving creative economy? Um, and I'm just curious, like, you know, I think you've touched on some of the things, but what are, what are the important elements? You mentioned like a framework. Um, so it'd just be, you know, it'd be neat to hear of an example and, and some of the elements involved um, to support because, you know, and I'm thinking how important this message is to economic development leaders, you know, in, in support of, you know, a lot of the challenges we have in our region. So it's always, I find we always enjoy looking at other areas that are doing, you know, kind of remarkably well who, who maybe look very okay. similar to us in terms of demographics or population, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, sure. So here in the U.S., uh, Miami's doing a good job. 
of cultivating the creative economy. They have obviously Art Basel, which has helped demonstrate the power of holding creative events and bringing hundreds of thousands of people with dollars into your city and eating at your restaurants, staying at your hotels, etc. New Mexico's film program has done really well. New Orleans has a really great film program. Um, the nation of Colombia has passed a creative economy law that is helping to shape all kinds of creative economy initiatives. And their current president co-authored a book on the creative economy called uh, La Economia Naranja, which is the orange economy. That's what they call the creative economy in Latin America. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has really helped catch the attention of uh, policymakers across Latin America. Um, Nigeria is doing a great job and has turned a lot of dollars, or I I don't know actually what the currency is in Nigeria, but uh, into the creative economy and supporting the film and music and fashion industries. Indonesia has recently passed a set of policies to both invest in the creative economy and bring entrepreneurship training uh, across the islands of Indonesia. There are examples all over the world. South Korea uh, on the tech side is doing a fantastic job. China has uh, several billions of dollars every year now going into film and media So one of the takeaways from the book for us was that, frankly, the U.S. is behind, which we're not very used to, uh, but we are falling behind in terms of the creative economy. I think the U.S. has taken for granted our leadership position in terms of exporting creative goods, whether it was software or music or film, and now people all around the world can create their own content and As middle classes grow, people want to buy content that's in their language, has people who look like them, are telling stories that are familiar to them, are selling food that tastes like what they are familiar with. Um, So the creative economy continues to grow, uh, and smart economic developers are grabbing hold and saying, okay, how do we build on this? How do we ride this wave? Yeah, well, and... and, and I mean, there's the big, I mean, well, and how, what, what, I guess, you know, I guess what comes to mind is like, what, what are the challenges around having a, a, a vibrant creative um, economy for, for a particular region? Like, so what, is it a mindset that needs, that's important? Is it, you mentioned, you know, the, the, all the examples you give, there's some sort of policy decision, I think, that supported it. And then, and, and ironically, like kind of earlier you're saying, it'd be nice if government, you know, is supportive, but doesn't get in the way of it. So, you know, what's your sense of what would be, you know, I'm just trying to get a sense, like, because it sounds like so, you know, as you're describing, I'm thinking, my goodness, it's so obvious, right? Like, why why isn't this happening more often? Yeah, and there are challenges. The challenges stem from people not being aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I think a lot of people sort of follow the the horse in front of them. You know, they have sort of a herd mentality. Mm-hmm. So if most people are looking at tech, then most other people are also looking at tech. Um, so crazy. You need leader, you need strong think, leadership. In in other words, you know, someone who has a vision. I think you need strong leadership and people who are willing to step out of the boundaries and maybe swim in a new lane. Um, Some of the other challenges we see internationally, for example, in the Middle East, uh, working in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, lots of money, not so much interest in supporting creative expression. Mm. Uh, So while young people 
are very eager to build new companies that take creative expression in new directions. Governments are not sure they want to let that happen. And it's, uh, it's and funny so that's too. Sort of oil also, and water. Um, the uh, as you're mentioning those Middle Eastern countries, uh, I was in uh, UAE in Dubai uh, just a few months ago, and I was speaking to mm-hmm. a, a number of um, people that were from Iran, and it was amazing because we don't think about Iran as a thriving tech company because they are so sanctioned. We don't hear much about what's going right. on but there is yeah, such a lot of innovation there. in Iran. yeah and mm-hmm. obviously the uh, iranian government is supporting this concept more so than the than uh, the other neighboring nations because uh, there seems to be something happening ready to burst once the political issues kind of get figured out yeah i think that's true everywhere i was in saudi arabia um before the holidays and was surprised by how creative people are and they're ready and and hoping. Um, But then you see some of the really terrible news that comes out about how women are treated or artists, and so then that kind of pushes back. But I think you're right that as democracy and free markets continue to spread, those populations, you know, human beings are creative everywhere on Earth. Mm -hmm. So whether or not they're allowed to be is, is a different thing, but that doesn't mean that in, in their private spaces, they're not being extremely creative and inventive. Um, I think another challenge is a lack of capital. I think we'd be remiss in not talking about a lack of capital. So, for example, Egypt is actually a very vibrant space, but struggles to find the capital that you have next door in Kuwait, right? Um, and so regionally, we're seeing a lot more innovation come out of marrying that uh, bringing the capital from one area into a culture that's somewhat similar but has far more mm, entrepreneurial sort of activity going on. And then the last piece would just be a misunderstanding about how entrepreneurship works. There's a lot of passion around entrepreneurship right now, uh, a lot of interest, but that doesn't mean that there's a lot of understanding about how it works. So a lot of programming, a lot of um, support mechanisms that frankly don't work very well. We get more and more calls from people around the world who run either accelerators or entrepreneurship education programs to come and help them make their program really effective. Uh, so that's so, another challenge that has to be well, overcome. Well, that's a nice segue into into entrepreneurship and the creative economy. And what um, you know, what are the opportunities for entrepreneurs? You know, and 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 what I guess. What are you noticing? I mean, actually, one of the one of the items here is like you talk about seven challenges that creative entrepreneurs tackle effectively. Um, you know, so what? So how does entrepreneurship meet some of these challenges that you're that you're seeing? Yeah, entrepreneurs. It's funny. I did I did an MBA, which was completely useless in terms of entrepreneurship. <laughs> it just makes me sound like a business person. Doesn't actually help. Uh, but then I did a PhD, and I looked at entrepreneurs methods for attracting resources. How do they go out and, and, you know, they're starting with nothing. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is they're not actually starting with nothing. They're starting with a vision that's powerful and they're starting with a network. Everybody knows somebody. And what entrepreneurs do over time is they shift networks and therefore resources over toward this new way of doing something. And it could be you know, whether it's Henry Ford who's saying, okay, we're going to move ourselves in a different way, or it's 
the founders of Microsoft saying, okay, we're going to communicate in a new way. Whether or or it's the founders of trap music in Atlanta saying we're gonna we're gonna express ourselves with a new form of music. Entrepreneurs have that vision. They bring people around themselves who can help, whether it's money or smarts or other connections, people who have technical skills, they attract that and they keep building toward that vision. And societies end up reorganizing themselves around entrepreneurs. So when you look around the world, and they could be people who are policy entrepreneurs or market-based entrepreneurs or education entrepreneurs, but they are people who started with a network, and that's about all, and a vision, and they made it happen. So how do entrepreneurs move from A to B? They need people to get behind them. The challenge is most entrepreneurs are a little weird, and I say that with total (laughs) affection. Right? Most entrepreneurs come forward and they say things like, forget the horse, we're going with this mechanical thing. And everybody goes, what? That guy's crazy. Right? Because they see something that's possible, but only they see it. That's why it's an opportunity. So one of the things that communities struggle with is to allow for that. So one of the things entrepreneurs can do is attract people who kind of look more normal, sound more normal. Mm -hmm. And yet get the weirdness, love the weirdness, and help bridge into those pockets of resources. And what what an incredible opportunity for the accountants and lawyers of the world and, and, and anybody else who is really supporting the success of an entrepreneur. Because uh, trust me, you know, as a creative company that I, that I have, without that business affairs side taking care of things, we'd be a mess. Um, but we've stretched them in their thinking all every touch point of, mm-hmm. uh, of supports to my creative company because they see that we have something and we're creating a successful business out of it. So those who are not taking the creative economy seriously are missing out on a great opportunity. If, uh, if they just take the time to learn through, you know, taking on a few of these clients, maybe even mentoring or, you know, doing a little bit of discounted work just so they can learn it. Because I think it's a powerful um, way to sell their services into what's becoming the majority. Yeah, it's it's funny. As you were saying that, I was thinking about all of our mentors. And um, so for our accelerator program, uh, we run an accelerator program here in the U.S. We run three or four, and then we work in the Middle East and Europe and Asia. And we have over 100 mentors. And it's pretty rare that a mentor says no when I go to her or him and I say, hey, here's what we do with our accelerator. These are the kinds of companies. Would you be interested in giving your time and being a mentor? And people look at these companies and they go, what? That is so cool. I would love to be around these kinds of entrepreneurs because they're different and they're seeing the world in a different way. All entrepreneurs do, but creative entrepreneurs are connecting people to really amazing, beautiful experiences and ideas. And to work with them is just, it brings joy. Uh, that's, I, I, I love this topic, uh, Alice. This is, this is so cool. This is your daily business. We'll talk about this stuff. Uh, last night I was speaking at a university 
uh, marketing class, and uh, I thought I was going to be speaking for 20 minutes, and they asked me to speak for close to two hours, and I just went <laughs> off on these type of topics that we're talking about right now, and I could speak for hours on it, and uh, so we really, uh, you know, are grateful for you to share that with us, and uh, really excited to let our listeners know more about you guys, how to get the book, how to get involved with the accelerator. Um, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you? Well, we're all over social media, and our accounts are at Create Startups, whether you're on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you, of course, can go to our website, which is creativestartups.org, and um, reach out to us through the contact form. We respond to everybody who reaches out to us. Awesome, awesome. Well, we and we, I, we, we talked just before we started recording. We talked about getting you up this way. Um, we we got we got to let some people know about what, what the good stuff you're doing and and um, you know bringing some of that knowledge this way because um, we have, as Greg said, a thriving creative economy and um, yeah. they probably could use a little boost. Would you say, Greg? I think we should uh, bring Alice up. Yeah, yeah. I think the you know the one and the one challenge. The one <laughs> challenge I would say that you know when I think of our community, Greg, I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it highly diverse. Mm. By by mm. nature of uh, this place, it, it, it's it's changing now. Thank goodness for the university uh, and also our very open immigration policies. We've been very open armed in the last five ten years. But you're right. So, Historically so, speaking, such we're, an opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, we've got great opportunities in that in that regard, Dave. That Alice could speak to. Well, and building your creative economy is like putting out a welcome mat for diversity, right? Because it's like saying to the world, if you are creative and you have something different, you're welcome here, and we'll help you build your business here. So it is a way to compete for that diverse talent. Oh, I think that's phenomenal. That yeah. is, and it's so true. Like uh, communities that, that embrace the arts and embrace creativity and entrepreneurship typically are the open-minded communities that are welcome. Like there's, there's a very clear correlation. You don't have to stretch your brain too far to, uh, to see that. So uh, thanks for that, that, uh, those thoughts, Alice, today. This has been really awesome to chat. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, well, we do hope to run into you sometime very soon. So let's, let's definitely stay in touch on this. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, Alice, thanks so much. Thank you, Alice. Bye-bye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. That was awesome. Yeah, it's very, um, you're more tuned into this. Like, I'm, I was kind of actually just listening more. I mean, I, I'm i curious. It's lots to to absorb, but I guess it's a different way to look at um, an economy. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I like I like the, the potential it holds for places like, you know, the region we come from. You know, yeah. in terms of being known as a place that you and I mean, and and I would be kind of curious to the degree. I wonder if there's some barometer that's out there around, you know, how how creative your economy really is. And I I, I just don't know. I mean, because you're immersed in it, right? So mm. so you would have a natural, um, you know, kind of bias. Yeah. But I, I just but I don't I I just really don't have a sense. Well, I I, th- I think it's true when you say I've got a bias because. I'm in the bubble, Dave. <laughs> so I'm in the entrepreneur, artist, creative bubble. And you're part of that bubble too. Um, you, you're just not fully in that bubble. So most of my time is spent with people like that. So I think we're in a very creative, artistic community. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm acknowledging that I'm living in a bubble and the bubble is probably very small compared to if I wasn't in the bubble. And, you know, but uh, 
it's hopeful in this bubble mm-hmm. and the bubble is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Look at what's going on in this city of St. John, New Brunswick. Don, our producer back there just said that there's a brand new coffee shop two doors up. You know, did you know that? No. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm like th- these, and, and it's run by social enterprise by outflow who is uh, helping take men off the streets. Right. Uh, giving them a place to stay and, and feed them, but also training them to be carpenters, try train the work with wood and now the uh, the outflow um, uh, clients are now have this startup, this coffee shop startup right here. Like this stuff's happening all over the place in St. John. Wow, and it's but it's new. Yeah. You know, it, it's a new energy in the last five to ten yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I've, yeah. I've actually I've noticed I've I've certainly seen that emerge. You know, it's kind of neat to feel that and see it. And you know, my example would be coming here from Vancouver, and you know, what is it like eighteen years, nineteen years ago almost, right? And uh, I couldn't find a place to have sushi, you know, and I could find one place to have espresso, you know, and now if we look you know, like that's just not an issue anymore. So to me, that's an example of, you know, that we, we have, you know, like just even more diverse choices, right? right. In terms exactly. of how we spend our time, what we consume and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, and actually, you know, and as I think about it, you know, she mentioned that whole craft beer, craft brewing yeah. industry. Well, it's thriving here. So, you know, there's yeah. a great example. So, yeah, it's probably happened more. But anyways, I kind of go back to this idea that like, it would be kind of neat to uh, have, um, to know what your barometer is or whatever, or that, th- you know, that, that scale that would say, here's how, how creative you are and here's your opportunities. But, um, but I love the idea of attracting a lot of people here because there's lots of space. There's, there's tons of opportunity. So if you're listening to this and you're going, what's going on in New Brunswick, you should certainly um, check out, I don't know, what would be the best way to check us out? Come to the Boiling Point Podcast Studio and yeah. sit down with there us. There we go. And okay. we will convince you to uh, set up shop here and yes. live a creative, fulfilled life. <laughs> <laughs> we will promise. Guarantee it. Yes. Dave, it's been good uh, to Always get back pleasure, in the man. booth with you, man. Yes. Let's keep it rocking, buddy. All right, cheers. Uh, oh, and geez, let's let's not forget um, to remind people to subscribe and rate. Uh, that's your jo- that's your job, man. It that's is your my job. job. And uh, you can check out all the episodes at www.boilingpointpodcast.com. Uh, as well, if you want to learn uh, more about the Boiling Point Process online course that Dave and I have developed, uh, check it out on our website as well. You'll find all the information, and we hope uh, that we can rock it with you guys uh, sometime soon. Talk soon, man. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember... Keep that pot boiling. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.